Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Integrate Yourself podcast with Allison and Maya. I'm Allison Pulo of PureEnergyPDX.com, and you can find Maya at MayaGottlieb.com. Maya and I are both holistic coaches, and we have over 20 years' experience helping clients with nutrition, movement, and emotional wellness. I wanted to also send a a thank you, a lot of gratitude out to Michael Wen of Michael Wen Productions for providing the music for this podcast. You can find him at michaelwenproductions.sourceaudio.com. Maya and I always recommend that you're your own authority on health and wellness. We're going to be giving out some very scientific uh, information today dealing with hormones, but we're actually going to try to keep it as simple as possible too, that so so everybody can understand. We're going to be talking about estrogen, how estrogen is actually not considered uh, the female hormone, uh, contrary to what people hear and, and believe about it, as well as um, how it's really actually a stress hormone and it's, it's a stimulant and it can be creating a lot of stimulation in the body, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of cortisol. So we're going to talk about how that happens, um, what you can do to change that and, and to change your metabolism so that it functions well for you. We're going to talk about two different metabolisms in the body and how one is a, is way better than the other as far as efficiency and function goes. And, and if you want to increase your metabolic rate, so please stay tuned to that as well. We're going to be talking about some... Um, we're going to be giving away some really great new, small nutrition tips at the end there. So stay tuned for that as well. I want to reiterate that since we encourage everybody to be their own authority in their own health and wellness, we want to make sure that everybody um, also is encouraged to do their own research as well as if you need uh, the help of a doctor for a diagnosis, we highly recommend that you go to see your doctor. Please subscribe to us on iTunes as well. If you like what you hear, give us that five-star review. We appreciate you so much and thank you for listening. Without further ado, here's the show. Today we're going to talk about um, estrogen. Um, We're going to learn more about it actually what it really does in the body and how it functions um what you know what effects does estrogen a high level of estrogen have in the body you'd be surprised to know that estrogen is actually a stimulant Um, it does promote healing and regeneration in the body for a short time but it is actually a stimulant similar to the effects of cocaine some say so um, which I thought was an interesting thing because I don't think people rarely I think people actually really uh, associate estrogen as a stress hormone which is what we're classifying it as today um, so you know estrogen is also linked to higher cortisol levels as well as higher adrenaline levels um, and so it can, it can make you, it can change your mood, it can create uh, digestive distress, um, and we're going to get into that a little bit more as we go on. I wanted to go ahead and make a link between what we talked about on our last podcast about anger and passive aggressiveness uh, and victimhood, and now we're bringing the physio- physiological aspect of it into the mix. So 
we're going to look at that and see how that affects your actual emotions and, and how actually giving yourself uh, the reserves and the energy that you need, generating your own energy in a, in a healthy way can actually help you uh, have better moods. It can help you regulate your, your anger or your victimhood or passive aggressiveness uh, in a healthy way and, and express yourself in a healthy way um, because you have the energy to do it. So Maya, do you have anything to add to that introduction? Um, I would say estrogen is um, definitely not as, um, it's definitely not understood in a way that maybe um, needs to be seen in the way that, you know, the history has shown that they used estrogen to help, you know, um, with therapies, with female hormones and stuff. And it has a double-edged sword in terms of it does, you know, give you uh, release from maybe migraine symptoms or it may help with, um, you know, they put a lot in um, products for face skin and you get that plumpness, the uh, sense that, you know, your aging has decreased and it gives you a false hope of what's going on um, because underneath that estrogen is, um, it really causes some other things to happen like it increases calcium, um, increases increases uh, histamines, um, decreases kidney function, uh, it in can increase insulin, and it also can decrease vasal, uh, vascular tone, so it increases the possibility for vas uh, varicose veins. And most of the time, these seem, you know, in a way can be seen that they, you know, not a big deal, but if you look at what estrogen does in the cell, it's an excitotoxic cell um, so uh, mechanism. So basically, it excites the cell to the point where it is not um, able to release um, uh, the water that kind of accumulates in the um, cell. It uh, keeps the um, uh, retention of um, the excitatory um, mechanisms going, and um, this was what causes like uh, cells to break um, to. To die off or become um, non-functioning, which is basically the oxidative uh, uh, respiratory cons uh, uh, con what it needs the cells to do to release the o uh, the O2 cellular respiration to convert it to yeah cellular respiration and keep it to it to the CO2. And this is a little bit more of what we need to pay attention to because um, estrogen really has an effect where it shrinks the like the thymus, it can do things to um, lowers the uh, uh, lowers um, the like seizure threshold of mm -hmm. nerve cells. So like nerves have desensitization to the um, stimulant that they go through. So um, all of these things are where the body starts to show more aging. Right, and and you know. Uh, it's also been called the female hormone. And I think that, um, like you said, it, it causes cells to die, right? So that makes sense because um, it's not really a female hormone in a lot of ways. It is a stress hormone because it brings about stress in the body to release and heal. So what happens in the woman, of course, uh, in the woman's body is it actually releases the lining of the uterus. So this is needed every month as well as uh, for, for a miscarriage or something like, something like that. So that's, those are when you have high levels of estrogen in, in your body. Um, 
So yeah, it's definitely a part of just, it's, it's a part of killing the cell and it's not really about actually the cell breathing, right? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. functional way, yeah. I think it's a, probably a, 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 a very, um, easy way of describing what we're talking about without getting too in depth with the, uh, physiological processes that really happen. And what we're really trying to say is give a, give a little, another look to estrogen and why, um, you know, why it may not be, um, uh, so great to have in your body as much as you think. And what did I mean like that is just um, the tissue contains estrogen, not your blood serum. So maybe in looking at your test results from your doctor, you might say, your doctor says, hey, you have fine estrogen levels. There's nothing wrong with you. But look at the symptoms to your body. Does your body have, um, you know, uh, cellulite? Do you have a um, uh, lot of body fat do you actually uh, have a, like a puffiness um, you know these are kind of sent, sent, uh, they're showing that the symptoms that their body is can, is holding on to the estrogen and it's uh, not able to get out of the, the uh, through the body through the liver and through the intestines so um, one of the things that uh, I highly recommend is using a, uh, a eating a carrot in the afternoon to uh, pull out the estrogen as your body is processing it and using vitamin E to help the body um, release the estrogen from the cells. I was going to actually, now I remembered what I was going to say, and it, it totally had to do with what you were just saying too. Um, so when you, when you mention uh, going to the doctor and the doctor saying that uh, your estro- estrogen levels are fine, so sometimes what can happen with that is that you, as, you, as we age, uh, we produce less progesterone. So the, proge- the progesterone actually counteracts the estrogen um, uh, but when you're producing less progesterone in the body, you don't have that extra progesterone to counteract the estrogen. So even if estrogen levels aren't high, they still may be dominating. Estrogen may be dominating because you don't have the progesterone to counteract it. So that's why um, I recommend it's so important to help your body produce the progesterone uh, by eating the right foods that are uh, pro-thyroid and pro-metabolism through glucose oxidation. And we're trying to see um, why the stress, if you're having so much stress, basically you are, uh, your body is uh, increasing the serotonin, it's increasing, you know, the cortisol uh, stress response, and that means it can't, it has to you know, if you don't have enough progesterone to counteract those um, those uh, stress hormones, then you're going to continue to cause um, stress to the body through the day. So it's going to kind of stay in a hyper state, and you kind of get into hyperglycemia in some ways too, maybe, or, or in the cells are very uh, excitatory. Yeah, that what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, and, and I think that's what people, people I, I think what happens, and I see this all the time, and I've seen it myself too, it, it, what, you, what you think is that, oh, I've got all this energy, you know, but it's actually not, it's not, in my opinion, I guess what I call healthy energy, so you're, you're not, um, it's more of a, 
it's just a an excitatory stimulant kind of energy if that makes sense so um it's almost like a drug in a way i think so people get used to feeling that that high and then they then they come to a point where they just hit a brick wall with their energy i don't i don't know if it's years later if it's you know not that long later but um you know for me i think it took me I don't know, about two or three years before I just had no energy at all. And I was like, there's something wrong. Uh, so that's when I decided to look into all this stuff and, stuff, and it's helped me so much ever since. What I also wanted to get into, Maya, with estrogen um, is like, I want to talk about how the an increase in estrogen would look like in the body maybe some examples of that and let's also talk about um, the two types of metabolism because I think people most people may not know the difference like and even know there are two types of metabolism right now the school of thought or, or the popular school of thought is um, to oxidize free fatty acids everybody thinks that oxidizing fat or a lot of people do, not everybody. A lot of people think that oxidizing fat is really healthy. And so it kind of sounds healthy. It's like, oh yeah, sure, I wanna I wanna burn fat, right? But that's actually not a healthy thing for your body to do over a long period of time. And can you explain why? And and what the other alternative is. So I'll just say the two types of metabolism are thyroid-driven metabolism, which is glucose oxidation. And the other one is pituitary adrenal-driven lipolysis, and it's also um, uh, called free fatty oxidation metabolism. So that means you're you're oxidizing your fat, which is pretty toxic. And so, Maya, I want you to just uh, give me your take on that. Well, I mean, one of one of the things that I've learned is that. Um, you know, like glucose is used in, you know, the liver as an easy way for the liver to process and give the body its, um, its energy. And one of the things that we look at is how much stress are you carrying into the night? And when you look at the nighttime um, stress, you also have to look at when is the fat being burned? And from what I understand, and this is you know, limited to the understanding of much of the physiology, but um, I'm gonna t- I'm I'm gonna say what I what I heard was is basically there's a fatty uh, the fats are um, burnt at night, so when you're in nighttime stress, when your body is actually not in light and it's having a, more of a starvation and hibernation uh, mechanism going on versus having a uh, uh, normal morning, afternoon, you know, sunrise in, in the sun, you're causing that slowdown of the, the, the mechanism even more. So what we're looking at is when are these fats being processed in your body? And if you're looking at fat and how it's being processed, then you have to look at, yeah, it says, okay, nine calorie, you know, nine energy um, moleculars to um, what you get uh, versus burning um, glucose, which is four. But what you're forgetting is the, com- the, the whole thing about the conversion rate and what happens when fats have to go through the fatty acid process. And so, you know, looking at the easiest and simplest way is to find that glucose is actually needed just simply because 
red blood cells don't even have a mitochondria, which is part of the powerhouse that helps convert um, the oxygen uh, into your system. So what you're looking at is if you starve your cells all the time from sugar, you're creating more stress and even going into your night with more stress. And, you know, um, there are symptoms that show up with a lot of people who do do fat burning. There's a little bit more, um, uh, you know, passive aggressiveness has been associated with it. There's a bit of... um, facts that um, hair loss can start to increase because these are all responses of a stress that has increased and you're not um, allowing the other part of the cycle to be able to um, come and release that stress. So those are the two things that I would say. Nice. Yeah. And I, and it's, you know, really I, I, what I hear you saying is it's, it's, it's premature aging is the response. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like dry skin. No too. Really and, oh, go ahead. Yeah. But no one really understands that because they're not looking at the bigger picture. They're looking for a fit body. They're looking for, you know, s- symptom uh, showing that they're lean and they've got this, you know, burning machine. But really, there's other factors that we don't see until years later. In years later of, you know, what is going on with the system and how it's uh, driven by cortisol or adrenaline um, and, you know, um, and how the, um, the the pituitary gland is increasing um, because um, it's helped by the estrogen that's being, um, you know, actually taking, you know, your and, and weakening your bone growth. And so, you know, where we're at is looking at the long term versus the short term and you know those two mechanisms are actually showing how much stress we're putting on the body it, it directly relates to estrogen like you said that if you get your pituitary if it's pituitary driven then um, that's going to create stress in the body and guess what happens when you create stress in the body you create um, all those stress hormones start going off and that's higher cortisol cortisol levels which also affects affect people's ability to digest food so if your food if your digestion is compromised um, you can't really you basically get malnourished over time right mm, true so um, that's another factor. So there's a lot of uh, things about that. Like, you you know, you may be eating all this good food, but hey, you're not being able to digest it. And um, it's so you're not getting the nutrients. You're not getting enough reserves in your body to actually to regenerate and to make new tissue. And uh, and it's creating inflammation in the connective tissue as well. So I think over time, yeah. like you said, it, it creates, you know, you get injuries, arthritis, um, you can have mood swings, uh, hair loss, skin issues, um, really dry skin. Uh, so, oh, of course, acne too um, that comes uh, into yeah. it, you know, adult acne. So, you know, there's just, so if you're noticing, you know, and energy changes too. I mean, you're not going to have the same type of energy with that kind of a metabolism, you're just going to, your body's going to want to reserve more energy because it's not able to do it as efficiently to, to, you know, metabolize the, the fatty acids. So, um, it's a less efficient way of your body working here to, to make energy. 
So yeah, that, that pretty much, I think that pretty much covers it. So two types of metabolism. So see if, uh, you know, I, I like to give people this information so they can identify with some of this stuff. And so if you're, if some of these things relate to you, then, you know, research it, find out, maybe uh, dig a little deeper, find out what you can about how you can help yourself with that. And, and of course, my and I are coaches, so we can always help too. Um, so with that, I wanted to move on to thyroid function. So of course, we, you know, with higher estrogen levels, we know that can affect thyroid function and your thyroid is your master regulator of your metabolism. So you, you really need that. And of course, the liver to be functioning properly to have a highly functioning metabolic rate. Um, so some of the things that I will mention about uh, what could impair thyroid function, um, a diet high in PUFAs. So if you don't know what PUFAs are, it stands for polyunsaturated free fatty acids. It's a type of fat. So um, that's the most unstable fat there is. It's basically the veggie oils. Um, it's that group. Um, and then you have your monounsaturated fatty acids, and then you have your saturated fats, which, which are the ones that we prefer. Um, as well as any kind of con high continued stress in the body can impair thyroid function, and that includes um, if you are oxidizing free fatty acids constantly, or you're not eating enough, or you're not getting enough sleep, or you're working out way too much and not replenishing your reserves, or not resting enough. Um, it could be emotional stress, so, or just not getting a, you know, all your macronutrients that you need to, and that could be causing a blood sugar fluctuation. So those are all things that could impair thyroid function. Do you want to add to that, Maya? Yeah, um, I would say it, uh, it uh, decreases liver function. I mean, really where the uh, polyunsaturated fats um, do their most damage is um, how, how it restricts the liver from its functioning. So um, we're back to why the thyroid doesn't work as well and why your levels can be down. Then if you don't get enough protein um, to um, allow the body to um, get the um, amino acids that it needs to function, then you have um, issues with uh, where the body will um, be able to um, sustain itself um, in terms of, uh, you know, whether your uh, muscles are going to function well, if you're going to be able to um, create some, uh, you know, maybe some slow fatigue in terms of maybe just not your body, but your brain fog, you know, where you don't get that clarity. Um, you can cause, uh, you know, increase in, um, you know, water retention, you know, because the body is in such high stress that it's literally feeling like it's dehydrated, but it's actually holding on to water. And so you start to gain weight, you start to show um, signs of like cortisol driven, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, body funk, uh, where your body actually see, looks like a, it's, a, it's the stomach, you know, the stomach is bloated or looking, it has the uh, rubber tire kind of look or the muffin top for women, um, you know, we start to get the... Um, symptoms of a of, of a full figured woman versus the worst the the where the body is uh you know actually storing 
that fat and that uh, fluid in the in the system. Um, I think also one of the things I would say is that w you mentioned uh, skin issues. You know, vitamin A is a big issue, and it it's um, decreased because of the stress hormones. So um, yeah, there's a lot of things that we could list, but I think those are really good ones. Yeah, and those are great to start with. So if people can see that in themselves, they can start looking into it. Um, and I wanted to add on to, uh, when we talked about the types of metabolism, I wanted to also mention just shortly the Randall cycle and how really um, you've got your glucose um, oxidation and your free fatty oxidation. You can't, Randall, the Randall cycle, and you can look this up and, and look more into it, but really what that's saying is that how your body works is either you are are you, you're oxidizing glucose for energy or you're oxidizing fats for energy. And we, you know, you can't do one or the other. So if you're in the oxidizing free fatty acid mode, then you're not going to be able to oxidize glucose. So that's why we always recommend that people start to train their body to start eating foods that are going to help your body um, start oxidizing glucose again, because that's what's going to really give you um, the energy. And it's going to help your liver function better. It's going to help your thyroid function better as well. So I just wanted to mention that really quick, just so people knew um, how that worked. Uh, let's see. So, and I would even yeah, simplify, I think, simplify yeah, that. I would even simplify that into saying it's about your blood sugar, you know, yeah. are you allowing your blood sugar to lower because it is stressed out and it's going into more of the fatty acid mechanism or if it's going into the glucose mechanism where the blood sugar stays in a, in a, a, um, a even pace with your body. So um, most of the people that have like diabetes or the issues about increase of insulin or not producing enough insulin, these are all because the body's stresses. It's not just you don't produce, it's because your body in, on the other side of it is having to um, work so hard. So many of the things that are simple to understand like those is, is just, you know, you really want your body to be able to utilize the most simplest form so that it can function the easiest. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's so true because if you're already in high digestive distress and, you know, you, you want to make it easy for your body to digest something. You don't want to make it even harder. You don't want to be taking a bunch of supplements that your liver can't really handle. Um, so it's almost like just backing off from, from so much um, is, is better. You know, just simplifying it, like you said, is, is like is the way to go, especially with someone who's compromised in that way, you know, digestively, immune immune their immunity is compromised as well. Um, they're having like um, autoimmune response and that kind of thing. Um, I always, I always recommend that people back off on, um, on, on putting their body under more stress. Yeah. And I would say you got to really see that the pulse and the temperature are the keys to knowing what's really going on with your body. Um, you know, finding um, people who have, um, uh, you know, uh, some symptoms are, you know, are really easy to pay attention to in terms of, you know, is, is my body functioning in, in a level that is easier for me to uh, wake up in the morning with more energy? Do I look at my, do I um, have enough energy through the rest of the day? And do I feel like <clears throat> by the end of the night, 
um, that I can go to sleep and, and, and have a good rest night sleep? Or do I come with, you know, maybe, um, you know, a lot of adrenaline causing like a restless leg syndrome or I caught, you know, causing my, um, you know, some people get migraines at night too. It's a, it's a matter of, um, how often and, uh, are you, um, fueling your body, you know, simply say, you know, there are reasons to take supplements, but the first things you want to do is, you know, maybe take a piece of fruit or a glass of, ju- you know, juice, which, you know, is another whole topic about why juice is yeah, been, it's um, in a bad rap right now. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, or, yeah, that's like the bad guy. Sugar is the bad guy. Um, and when we talk yeah. about sugar, I just want to clarify that the, you know, we use sugar therapeutically and um, we'll talk more about that and, and why in the, in the future. But um I think it's important to not cut your sugars out. This is this, you know, do not go low carb. Um, I don't really recommend that to anybody because you do need healthy fruits in your diet. You need your healthy root vegetables and your squash. Those are always good to include in your diet for energy production. Um, but if you are having a hard time, uh, uh, processing or metabolizing sugar, you're having these responses, it's probably not because of the sugar, it's because of the high cortisol levels. Yes. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm addicted to sugar and I can't get, um, you know, I can't have it because I, I crave it so. Well, maybe it's because your body is needing it. I mean, like one of the things we do is we restrict when we think, you know, something's wrong, you know, oh, we better not have that. Well, that's a sim- symptom that's saying, hey, signaling over here to tell you come let me have some of this because my I'm in stress here you don't get this but I need it and that's why I'm going to increase your need for it and then you know and and then there's like this understanding that you know it's not an addiction it's not a problem it is a real bona fide signal from your body calling for help Absolutely. And I think that also clarifying, you know, this is different than a craving. Um, a craving, I think, is different than than something your, your body's telling you you need something nutritionally. Like I remember when I cut out sugar completely for like about three years, I would never crave sugar more than I did then. Every day I would think about sugar. Um, I don't ever think about it now. It never crosses my mind. I never crave it. Um and, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the craving thing because I feel like craving gets a bad rap too. Like, I don't know even, you know, I know that um, people talk about cravings, but I don't know. Maybe a craving isn't so bad sometimes. Uh, maybe it, it is your body telling you need something. What do you think about that? I I I see it now totally different. I mean, I I don't see it as a willpower or anything, willpower game anymore. You know, I'm going to, I have to be strong and I have to fight myself for, you know, that when I started to learn about the physiology and how it works, and I am so in more of need of understanding it in a deeper level, but every time I keep coming back, it really makes more sense. So um, I think what happened was it was an easy way to get people to um, restrict it in a way that, you know, demonizing it and giving it like, like everything that has ever been processed in the, in the industry, health industry has always been bastardized in some ways. I mean, you've got 
the carb diets, the low, you know, the low fat, the high fat, the, you know, low sugar, the high sugar, you know, we go through these symptoms to kind of say, oh, this is the reason, this is why, no, 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 it's, it's part of the reasons why certain things seem like they connect, but they're not all the reasons why, like, just because sugar's in the process of, like, cancer growth, or in the, in the process of um, diabetes and stuff, where you're taking it out of context, you're not looking at sugar in a way that biochemically helps you understand why it's so important. And once you kind of relax into knowing that this is not some, you know, uh, drug that's being um, placed upon society in a way that's bad, it's actually here to help. I mean, most people have hyperthyroid symptoms and don't even recognize it. It's not that they have hyperthyroidism, but they do have the symptoms. You know, fatigue, there's, you know, what they call chronic fatigue. And what we all know about the adrenals and what we know about, you know, um, things that have happened in terms of just um, functioning in life is stressful. So we got to really come back to like, well, okay, if we're stressed out, like an athlete gets stressed out when it's doing, you know, doing their performance, they really have only one solution and that is to get some glucose into them quickly. I mean Gatorade is one of the biggest reasons why they're so successful because it's based on electrolytes. It's based on the fact that the body cannot digest when it's in the most stressful point of their being. So it needs the simplest thing to have its um, recovery through. And so if we treated more, I think if we treated more people like athletes and stopped treating them like they were, um, you know, kids or, you know, somebody who's bad because they eat some sweet or they eat some fat or, you know, they have this or that, we'd actually see that we're actually going to help more people with the energy reserves they need because they live such stressful lives. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think that's a great analogy, I, I think, um, because I, we are almost athletes. I mean, pretty much everybody lives like an athlete from a stress standpoint. You're putting your body through so much stress every day, um, you know, whether it's sitting in a car for hours commuting, getting on the phone, um, you know, not eating or not getting good sleep or working out really hard first thing in the morning. Um, I think there's all kinds of uh, there's all there's so many ways that uh, that we can um, kind of uh, connect to that. Um, so I, yeah, I completely I, agree, I really and I think you help. have to you have to restore your body just like you do when you're an athlete. I remember like when I was in college and I worked with um, the head nutritionist. He was a nutritionist at Georgia State University. It was the 1997 Olympics, Summer Olympics in Atlanta. And I got to actually work with him a little bit with the, the, the Olympic gymnastics team. And oddly enough, and I was a gymnast, so I, I know how, how, this, how this goes. Like basically you'd be in the gym for straight, well, we would be in it for four hours. The Olympic gymnasts probably would be in there longer. But uh, we would practice for four hours without eating anything. Um, oh, and wow. then, of course, we'd be, you know, ra- just so hungry at the end. And, and my sister and I would just fight for, for who got to the <laughs> to dinner first and, and, and uh, loaded our plate up. But 
Um, when, when I worked with him, his solution for increasing their performance was to actually have them eat more frequently and actually stop during practice and eat every two hours. Mm-hmm. Once they did that, they actually won the Olympics. Their performance increased tenfold and they won that year. So, um, that to me, when I saw that, you know, I didn't put it together till a little bit later in life, but I thought that was such a small thing, so simple, but it made all the difference in the world. And I think that's the mistake a lot of people are making. They're just not eating enough. They're not giving themselves enough energy and starting there can, it can bring you so far. So then you get into, okay, you're not eating enough. Then the quality of food is a problem, right? We can go simply and say organic versus um, non-organic. That's easy enough. But when you start to recognize what a PUFA is, and that's the polyunsaturated fats again, what you're actually looking in deeper is how is the being processed, the long chains versus the short chains, and how easily can the liver work? And the liver is the most important part of our part of our organ. It does so much. I mean, I'm not even going to be able to say how much liver does because that would be a whole other five sh- uh, sh- uh, stories. But <laughs> I mean. Um, but you know, uh, but, yeah, we'll, uh, episodes, we'll talk more but, about it down the road for sure. <laughs> but one of the issues that you're seeing is a lot of people are getting that non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and they're right. like, they're really going through what people do who are, you know, have real fatty liver disease. It's, it's the same thing, but it's the inflammation in the liver is not able to function right, and so you know, it is is this starting to see that you know. And what it basically means is fats being stored in the liver cells. So these are simple things of why. The body is starving. The body is holding on to things, and it can't process in the way it should by letting go of things. And so we're getting into a problem where we're seeing functionality is being slowly deteriorating. And so if we walk around living in this idea that, oh, you know, I can only eat, you know, this many calories in and this many calories out, you know, so I'm constantly doing that. What we don't recognize is what brain function, how much energy that takes. Um, you know, we don't even realize like how how much our white brain matter is basically cholesterol or, you know, 95% cholesterol. And so you put somebody on like statins because, oh, the cholesterol levels are high. You're creating a whole other level of the liver not being able to work. And so it can't do much more. But what we are living like is a total um, starvation mode in terms of, you know, not hearing the body when it's saying, I need your help. Absolutely. And that reminds me too, like, uh, I, I was listening to uh, a podcast with Ray Pete on there the other day and uh, Danny Roddy's podcast, which is an excellent podcast and I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, but I would say that uh, he was talking about authoritarianism and how really like, uh, I guess after World War II, we started, um, uh, they started promoting survival foods as health foods, so like beans and rice and and I guess cabbage and kale. I don't know if kale was promoted back then, but you know, like and all that. So I, I feel like we're still promoting those as health foods and those are just survival foods. Those are like, those are the foods you eat when you have nothing else to eat. And I think that's yeah, a huge problem. Like our mentality is around that, too. like our whole energy is around that survival thing. So 
uh, you know, even what we eat. And that leads to like the stress response in our body, you know, and, and, and on and on. So yeah, it's, it's kind of nutty what, what we're doing right now. Right. And, and I think what we get, we're going to lean back into our first podcast was about how it helps understand where learned helplessness comes from. When you basically take the source of food away from people and then you start giving dogma in terms of how to lose weight. And it may have all started in just an you know, opening of you know, knowledge and all. But then as you, you know, like, oh, we're going to help society and but then you start to see how we're being driven by corporations. And then the corporations then have their agendas. And then we get into the issues of how they're educating our next generations, how they've dismissed uh, research because, uh, you know, it didn't uh, comply with what they wanted to sell. And we start to live a model that is more controlled than we realize. And then, you know, if you don't have that, awakening one moment where you say this doesn't make a lot of sense I need to get it there's just this isn't working more cancer is occurring um, more fatigue more issues of uh, obesity uh, and then we're getting into these con you know conversations of you know no one seems to feel like they can get out from under um, the pressures you know of you know how do I afford this how do I you know how do I live and 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 have a happy life but all of what we're noticing is that these are starting to trickle in to keep us in this suppressed state you know to keep us into this I am so fatigued I cannot do one extra thing I only can do what I'm doing right this moment and 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 so we never get to think out of the box we are driven by our nine to five jobs Uh, we're you know driven to watch tv to numb ourselves out with alcohol or drugs and we're getting to a place where society is just you know either going to um break and say no more or we're just going to keep falling into a situation where more death more um you know health issues will be coming up and you know we just kind of have to kind of take a stand and, and and just use our own intuitive voice that says hey something's up and something's amiss and i need to kind of you know take another look at something Absolutely. And yeah, you start with yourself, like asking questions, asking the right questions, you know, Uh, like, don't just always accept things for how they are. If you want your life to be better, you have to start making that change within yourself. And so that's what we're talking about here. And um, this all leads back to what we started with, which is estrogen. And, you know, that can be a huge uh, factor in motivation, moods and, um, and, uh, you know, staying in that victimhood state. So I wanted to talk uh, kind of end, I guess, with the last subject part of our podcast here. Uh, I wanted to mention what or ask you what foods you would recommend to um, aid a person in the process of uh, either rebalancing the estrogen in the body uh, naturally with food or um I guess if they have too much estrogen, what would you recommend if they're, you know, because the detoxification process of estrogen can be 
pretty overwhelming if it happens too quickly because estrogen gets stored in the fat cells. And that's, I think you mentioned earlier, um, people who are overweight have a lot are pretty estrogen dominant and that's because estrogen gets stored in the fat cells. So, uh, as that, especially if you're burning free fatty acids, if you're oxidizing fat and you have a lot of estrogen in your fat cells, that can also be pretty, um, pretty rough, right? So, what foods, I know from off the top of my head, um, I would say first, number one, first step would be to eat more frequently. Uh, keep your blood sugar levels from fluctuating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the second thing would be eat carrots. <laughs> eat yes. one raw carrot a day, right? And it seems so simple, yeah. but why is that, Maya? <laughs> well, because it's an antifungal and it actually um, pulls the estrogen through the um, the gut tissue. So it actually removes estrogenic foods that maybe if you know if you've uh, had soy or pufa or alcohol um because these are the exotoxins that get into the gut because of low thyroid function you cause the metabolic rate to slow down which then increases the uh, bacterial uh, increases in your gut uh, flora and then you have endotoxins which are basically um creating more uh issues for um, not being able to digest food and so one of the things that you would want to you know kind of use is the um, the pure a carrot you know you can also do a, what uh, Ray Pete talks about is a carrot salad and you actually take um, the uh, carrot and you um, sh- uh, uh, you know sh- shred it into long pieces then you take um, vinegar and coconut oil and some salt and you make a carrot salad and uh, the length of the carrot actually you know length uh, cuts are really great because they literally like drag through the gut lining and help you know get rid of the um, estrogen Um, you know one of the biggest things is um, getting enough protein you know um, based on your uh, uh, physiology and how it works for you you want to slowly bring back you know a little bit more increasing some would say um, getting up to about 100 grams of uh, gram uh, grams of uh, of protein a day Um, you have to be really careful about eating too much muscle meat so I would say getting glycine in which is basically um, from bone broth you know heals the gut and also brings the amino acids to the the body in a in a healthier way so that's you know taking bones and you know uh, and doing a a, a bone broth you know we have recipes that we can give you you know, eggs are, you know, good for the cholesterol and how um, much uh, protein is in it. And it's the whole egg. It's not just, you know, egg whites anymore. A lot of people believe that eggs whites were, um, you know, important, but um, they only contain like the potassium and the magnesium sodium, but you want uh, other parts in the that are in the egg yolk, you know, so um, the carotenoids, the vitamin A, the vitamin D, and K, I mean, these are extremely important. Um, uh, The calcium and the iron and the phosphorus. And so you're kind of getting, and especially the B6s. So these are things where, you know, nutrient-wise, food is so important you know um and eggs actually have the essential amino acids so that's we're like kind of what i'm listing for you but um and then i would say um milk milk is a important um 
uh, protein, uh, sugar, you know, it's basically a sugar protein. And, um, you know, people have a little issue with milk, um, lactose issues. Um, this can be something we could talk about later too, but go back to the digestion and how functioning, how well is your, uh, your digestion functioning. So the bloating, the uh, inability to digest is really about the endotoxins and how uh, how much your thyroid isn't functioning enough for the body to keep um, the energy um, in your gut moving. And um, so those would be some of the bigger things I would do. There's a lot more. I would totally recommend a a book um, called How to Heal Your Metabolism by Kate Deering. She's incredible information and and some recipes that would uh, be helpful to most people. And I would say to also avoid seeds and nuts. Um, as much as possible while you're first starting this um, because of the high levels of PUFA. Um, so I think that's a couple things I would suggest. Yeah, I think, and it's so simple. Just keeping it simple, I think, is better not getting too complicated with it because it doesn't have to be complicated. I would also recommend, for sure, the Metabolic uh, Blueprint Cookbook. Uh, Josh and Jeannie have some really great recipes, very creative recipes. If you like to be a little more creative in the kitchen, they're really fun. And they also have some gelatin dessert recipes there. And I was also mention, um, Maya, what do you think? I, I use gelatin gelatin with my muscle meats. Whenever I'm eating the muscle meat, I either make a gravy with some bone broth and add the gelatin to it, or I actually add the um, the gelatin straight onto my loose meat if I'm making like tacos or something. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I would say that's a good uh, starter. Um, I would say slow with the gelatin. Sometimes the gelatin can be hard to digest. And so, you know, make sure you're, um, you know, giving yourself a a good time to kind of adjust to it um, because it's definitely um, uh, able to um, give you the um, simplest of the amino acids, which is glycine. And that's where you, um, you know, it it, it totally helps with like the blood and how it carries the oxygen. But mostly what it's doing is um, giving those amino acids back that you need the most. And if I were to use it, I would just, you know, you could you know, start your day with it and then, you know, minimize it by the end of the night so that you're, you're not having a lot of digestion problems. Um, so that would definitely be a good thing. And, um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think what I would say is if you're having any symptoms where you don't feel you can digest it, go back to making some bone broth or something. And I also wanted to kind of remind people that you know if you can't do milk like it's really hard for you you can always do some cheese like yeah i was gonna say that really too. good <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you know yeah. that's a good place to start right yeah those are really good places to start you know and don't be afraid of cheese i have known so many women that are so afraid of cheese and i know it's like, yeah it's really not what people have made it um i i you know it i, I hate to know you know to to listen to that because, you know, you got to go back into like the, you know, looking at different cultures and um, many of our cultures like, you know, France and all these people that don't do fortified uh, things like vitamin A or D and their uh, flour and stuff. They basically use cheese and things in their, 
in their in their foods and there's a whole um, understanding of why these combos of foods work for them they have the high fat cream they have the um, cheeses that you know and they can digest gluten you know it's really important to notice why these uh, the cultures have you know less problems with these foods whereas we as you know as a culture in America we we deny ourselves even those good things absolutely I think uh, and well that's a great way to to end today I I was just watching I don't know if you guys aren't watching uh, the show called uh, chef's table um, and if, gosh if that doesn't inspire and motivate you to make your food more beautiful and make the whole process more enjoyable I don't know what does and it also it's a great thing to see other cultures like you said Maya um, actually uh, putting so much beautiful energy into their food and really it's kind of like it's it's like a ritual over and over again it's like you're really uh, you're just in love with it and just it, it just into the experience of it. And I think that's what it can be for, for everybody if they just look at it that way. And then, therefore, you know, what you're putting in your body is a beautiful thing. And then your body is beautiful because of that, you know, and it's, it's functioning well. You're happy. It's joyful. Um, you know, eating for a lot of cultures is, is a part of their, their lifestyle and it's a part of their day and they work that time, you know, they put some real time into sitting and eating and, and the whole experience of it and the socialization of it. So the social aspect. So um, I think that's important to realize, too. Um, and we don't I don't know that we do that as much in this country, but I hope we can start changing that. Yeah, I mean, there is a there is a passion for food that we have. I think there's a lot of foodies that people, you know, may like that word, may may not like that word, but it is a description of our society's uh, obsession with food and an uh, in, in obsession meaning that it can be, uh, you know, on the uh, light side and the dark side, you know, um, but the right. thing is, is that it's a survival mechanism that we have to find a mutual agreement with to to kind of, you know, harmon- harmonize ourselves with. You know, it's not something you can live without, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have yeah. to eat, you know, to keep the body working. You can try fasting. That's a whole other problem that we can talk about later on but um, and what that does. But, you know, fasting is a, is a driven cortisol driven um, mechanism that when we look at what it's doing long term it's another reason why we weren't meant to fast all the time um, we, you know in, in you know what we're looking for is a, a way to um, really um, find peace with food you know and really come to um, you know our own sense of um, authority driven you know not someone else's authority you know giving ourselves the uh, window of opportunity to you know really play again with our food I guess it's kind of a, a silly way of saying it but it's true I mean you know, being creative with our food, you know, what, 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 what we've lost in this whole, you know, health industry and, um, restricted dieting and stuff has really, um, created a, a problem. It's a total downer. <laughs> <laughs> downer, I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Maya. And, um, it was so good talking to you as always. And, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. See you. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please give us a great review on iTunes, as well as you can uh, give us a review on any podcast app and uh, subscribe to our podcast as well. If you'd like to hear more of this kind of stuff, uh, we'll be talking about low energy, what that looks like, um, how you can help low energy with your very practical steps with nutrition, but also how to integrate uh, movement into your life and what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. And uh, for people, especially with low energy, people who don't actually have enough energy to even make it through the day, much less try to work in a workout. So definitely check us out next week when we when I release that one. Um, thank you to Maya for, for doing the podcast with me every week. And thank you to Michael Wynn with Michael Wynn Productions for providing the awesome music that we have on this podcast. If you, if you want to check me out, if you want to check my website out, it's, uh, you can find me at pureenergypdx.com. And if you want to check Maya out, you can find her at mayagotlib.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you next time.